Good morning and welcome to Books for Breakfast. We're your hosts. I'm Jude. I'm Jess. I'm Megan. And congratulations, you found us. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll be here every Thursday, 9 to 10 a.m. Um, how was your guys' week? Oh, can I remember it? Um, oh, yeah. I'm blacking out a little bit. It's getting like closer <laughs> and closer to finals. And yeah. as that happens, I'm like... What did I do yesterday? Academically blacked out. Yeah. Just 100%. Yeah. Well, I've been doing better because the weather is so pretty outside. True. So now I feel motivated to actually do my work. True. Wow. I have yeah. the opposite. I'm like, oh, it's summer. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> pretty much school's over. Yeah. I'm already out. When when this, when this Sorry. When the weather is not very nice out, I just I don't have motivation to do anything. So I diagnosed myself <laughs> with seasonal depression. Oh, we all have that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've all self-diagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the light, the happy light. Did you I did too, and I lost it. I bought it like at the in like spring last year, <laughs> and I lost like, how it, did you lose it for like all of winter. <laughs> and then I just found it like like a few weeks ago. Now that ah. you know winter's over, but you know, does it actually work? Because I've seen it, and I was like, should I buy it? But I don't know. I weirdly found that it works better if I put it in another room and then I'm in a room with no windows. <laughs> Wait, okay. So what? like it's the sunlight from an, does that make sense? Yes, yes. If actually, I'm sure like I in, just, I don't know what room in my house has no windows. Basement. The ba yeah. <laughs> and then I put it at the top of the stairs. So it's like the sun is coming in, you know? Oh, okay. Cause if you okay. sit sure. with it, it just feels like a light. Listen, we'll try anything. In the winter. <laughs> oh, the depression is so bad in the winter. I'm like, I, so I just don't want to do anything. And then especially, like, if it's raining, I'm like, oh, I oh my just God. watch Twilight again, right? <laughs> I think it's going to rain later today, which is, like, is it? more depressing. Yeah. But not right? till later. Not till later. Yeah. Oh, not weather till. report. Official meteorological <laughs> <laughs> This is West Long Branch weather report. <laughs> it's going to rain later tonight. Mm -hmm. Exactly for when I have to walk to class, so... Oh, I love that. And mm -hmm. thunderstorms. Yeah. Maybe it won't rain. Maybe it'll just be loud. Do I get... <laughs> oh, I can't take it. <laughs> maybe this is like the calm before the storm, but like literally. And then it's going to snow yeah. tomorrow? Probably. <laughs> you never know. I mean, you never know with the East Coast weather, so... Yeah. What's it like on the West Coast? Call in. <laughs> <laughs> All our West Coast listeners. <laughs> no, because All everybody on the, the West Coast is always like, it's hot, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> and I'm, at least it's not yeah. humid and no. it's like that's like my yeah. parents are down like well, not now but they were down in florida for a while <coughs> it's like <laughs> you okay over there dude yeah. <laughs> so excited about the allergies <laughs> <laughs> but like while it's like 20 degrees here my mom's laying out on the beach she's like oh, my phone overheated sorry that our call got dropped oh. it turned off <laughs> was that hard for you <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh you poor thing i'm sorry <laughs> Um, I can't think of like a proper way to segue into this, yeah. but what did you guys have for yeah, breakfast? We gotta get into breakfast. Oh yeah, we're doing the weather too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, chocolate chip pancakes. Ooh. Ah, her two, her two, My uh, two breakfasts. Yeah. It's rotational, really. Sometimes eggos. spicing it up, sometimes yeah. not. Have you ever had anything besides chocolate chip pancakes or eggos? Yeah, we had, I don't know why I said we. <laughs> uh, I had. <laughs> um, toast and, and scrambled eggs that one time oh that was wow once. that was exciting good job and then no <laughs> oh good okay well i had bringing back the basic avocado toast except this time i used my last bagel that was frozen um and i wanted to make eggs with it but i literally ran out of time so i was like Ugh. it's just like a sad un like topped avocado toast well, what wait say that again what would you top it with an egg 
I mean, I had seasonings on it, so it was still fine. But I'm just like, ugh, it's missing that that one piece. You ever put egg on top or seen that? No. No? No. People make avocado toast and they put egg on top. That's like the basic girl thing to avocado. do. Really? On yeah. toast. Yeah. Yeah. An egg. And, huh. and an I've egg. Never, Spice huh. it up. I've seen some people go crazy on TikTok. They had like spicy honey and like cheese and everything. I'm like, okay, calm down. That's a lot of work. Just cooking an egg is enough for me. Has anyone ever seen the woman that eats the, the green bell peppers? <gasps> is she the one, no. the keto one? I don't know. Who's like... I just get her videos occasionally and it's like her eating a green bell pepper and then she'll put like toppings on it and that'll be like the bun. I know people do that to like... I guess keto and like low carb and diet and stuff. And I've seen things like that where people are like trying to replace bread with a pepper and it's like not the Does same. Does it taste like bread? No. Well. I've tried it once. <laughs> I like made like a sandwich. I'm like, you know, that seems like it would be a refreshing snack, I guess. Refreshing snack. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause instead of bread, it's like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not going to explain myself. Fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> but it was gross. I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting it to taste like. And I'm sad. Oh. Anyway, Jude. Oh, well, for me, I didn't have breakfast because I'm still fasting. Oh, still? Wait, how long does this go on for? 30 days. So every day you wake up at, like, 4 a.m.? To, to have my last sips of water, eat, like, a watermelon, maybe. Okay. Not a full watermelon, just, like, a tiny bowl of... I wouldn't be upset if you did eat a full watermelon. <laughs> yeah, my right? goodness. Like, if you don't get to eat for so many hours, I would feel like, don't you get hungry during the day? It honestly differs for some people. Like, some people will wake up like two hours before and have like a full breakfast yeah, i guess yeah <laughs> yeah i would need to <laughs> like they would have like scrambled eggs um what else do we have in the morning and like stuff like that chocolate chip pancakes Did eggos pe- <laughs> my dad he'll have to have a coffee Fair but enough. for me if i just i can wake up just 30 minutes before drink my water and i'm good how much water <gasps> do you drink a glass you go Again. for 30 days you go off one glass of water well, <laughs> how much water do you drink and after sunset? Oh, I forgot you could eat then, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like She's allowed one meal. <laughs> yeah. One water per day. Um, it's Weight Watchers. So, see... <laughs> right? I was like, damn, they're going to be skinny. <laughs> so, see, I don't drink a lot of water to begin with, yeah. which is really bad. Horrible. So, like, <laughs> me... So, like, I can go... I went before three days without drinking any water just because i didn't get thirsty and everybody's like you don't have to get thirsty to drink water you should drink (laughs) water just because and i'm like but it's so much work would you drink other stuff like all the unhealthy stuff like sprites and nice yeah (laughs) let's go her body is running on fumes (laughs) i do like sparkling water though but the flavored ones like it's water water. it's water adjacent yeah (laughs) I mean, it's I, painful water. I, I, yeah, painful. <laughs> the bubbles, they hurt. I love them. <laughs> you chugged actually, that? I look, yeah. Actually, I looked it up. One <laughs> She's insane. She's crazy. I looked Ketchup it up on one pizza. Time. <laughs> Sharp water. Sharp water. <laughs> I looked it up one time to see if, because I like to drink sparkling water more than regular water. So I looked it up one time to see if it's like, oh, like if it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an equal equivalent? Yeah. Those, Wait. those two words mean the exact same thing. <laughs> Put it in the blooper reel. <laughs> Literally. Anyway, and it is. So, or yes. like close enough to it. It's an equal adjacent. <laughs> Similar experience. <laughs> 
guys, can you tell it's almost finals? We're losing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> laughing at everything. Yeah, that's like all we're going to do. <laughs> Jude's dying over there. Uh, like, <laughs> allergies. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah. Spring rolls around. Everyone's dying. <laughs> no, yeah. But the weird thing is I never got allergic before to anything. Oh, yeah. You were telling us that. We did yeah. have this conversation. Oh, we did, right. Was it on the so, air, though? No, no, it was. Share with us. Yeah. It was on Tell Tuesday in class. <laughs> um, I never had allergies to anything before. Like, not to food, not to the weather changing, not to anything. But I was saying that 2022 seems to be the year that my body is going against me. Because oh, it started off with, this was, in the, this was the last week of December, so it counts, sort of. Yeah. But I got alert. I got um, a severe allergic reaction to shrimp, oh. which has never ever happened to me before in my life. So that happened, and then 2022 comes around. I get COVID right in the first two oh, weeks. Oh, right. That's why she misses the first show. Yeah, and then throwback. <laughs> so and silly. Then, <laughs> and then I have this like dizziness thing that I officially got diagnosed with. So like an inner oh. ear infection, something like that. Well, what yeah <laughs> she is fine everyone and now i have this cough because the weather is changing and i'm like what is going on this never happened to me before oh my god mm -hmm. she's falling apart you know did the, oh, this all happened in the first half of the year this wasn't like last year too well last week yeah. of december oh right, last right. Week okay. of december. but yeah. that doesn't count so never mind because i had a friend who would only ever every year get sick around easter Really? really? Yes. Like, it was different every year. Like, one year she had the flu, and one year she had a cold, and then the next year she had strep or something like that. And she would only get sick around Easter. Hmm. Interesting. Are you guys allergic to anything? Um, I don't think so. Not that I know of. Yeah, Never have been. But that's my biggest fear. Because I know, like, your body changes, and you can, like, yes. gain allergies. Like, you obviously know, like that. And nobody else is afraid of that. Because, well, that's not true. People what? are afraid of that. But when I try something new, I'm always like, God, what if I'm allergic? Yeah, right? And then I have to be rushed to the hospital. I know. I don't want to have to carry around EpiPen with me for the rest of my life. Embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you're, you're scared of some milk? A peanut? Aw. <laughs> Aw. No, see, like, I've never had to worry about that. Oh, yeah. And it's the worst thing ever because food is my number one favorite thing. And I love right? shrimp. Oh, Too yeah. Bad. I like shrimp. Me too. I'd be good. sad. Hmm. But my biggest thing, my... My grandpa's gluten intolerant. He's celiac. He, he makes sure everyone knows. But that, I I don't know how I'd go on. I eat bread every day. Like, I have my avocado toast, my bagels. If I didn't have that, I, I would, why go on? I, I need bread. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Get yeah, over right. it. Bread, pasta, I, ugh, I can't. I wouldn't be able to do it. And, like, peanut butter. I love I'm peanut so butter. sorry to the people who are allergic to peanuts. Yeah. That's yeah. so upsetting. People who are allergic to just tree nuts and not peanuts. Oh, that's my grandpa, too. That's my dad. Yeah. Interesting. That's Hello, dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's your uh, no tree nut breakfast? <laughs> oh, which is weird because, you know, technically a coconut is a tree nut, but he's not oh. allergic to coconut. Oh, really? Huh. That's... Sometimes I think he's making it up for attention. <laughs> <laughs> is he listening? Yeah. Yeah, oh, call him out. Great. He's going to text me any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the response. What do you have to say, Jess's dad? <laughs> DM us on Instagram. Books for breakfast, too, too. There we go. Um, shall we segue into the main part? Yeah, of yes, this we gotta go. Let's get away from this. So we we have another interview for you guys today. We interviewed um, a licensed clinical psychologist. Her name is Dr. Deborah Diamond. She's actually my next door neighbor, 
and we're very close and when I asked her to do this she was very excited she has been in the practice she has her own practice for almost 25 years and she works primarily with women and women's issues which is just I find so interesting perfect for the three of us (laughs) we've got lots of issues (laughs) as ladies with issues so for the next I don't know however long um (laughs) the interview will be playing so I hope you enjoy All right, so usually on our show, we start off by asking like what we had for breakfast. So we wanted to know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? (laughs) Well, it's the same every morning. I'm a little boring this way. Um, I have egg whites and uh, a tiny piece of bacon and avocado, but I have to cover the avocado with the egg whites because I don't like to look at it. I just like the taste. So that's my, my auspicious breakfast. And if it were the summer, I would put some herbs from my herb garden on it, some chives, but it's not the summer, so we're dealing with, you know, the, the, the dregs of winter still. <laughs> do you think reading is a good form of self-care and relaxation, or do you think it's more of a form of escapism? Oh, definitely self-care and relaxation. I, uh, I love reading. I, I'm just watching a Ben Franklin documentary that uh, he was the one that invented the first library in 1731 or something. And I feel like libraries and bookstores are just like sacred ground. So you can, you can go to one of those and you can choose a book and it speaks to you. And to me, it's kind of like self-care in the best way because you're, you're literally able to connect with the energy of the author, the energy of the characters. And it's, it's, it's sort of like having a relationship, I feel like. So I don't think you're escaping. I think you're actually like tuning in and, and having an energy, energy connect with, with, the, with the author. And like I said, with the characters that he or she created. So a kind of similar question to that, how do you feel that reading is more like self-care and different than watching a movie or just like scrolling on social media, especially like in terms of mental health? Hmm. I think you have to be more present in reading. So what I mean by the self-care part is you actually have to sort of relate to those characters. I think that scrolling on social media or, or watching a movie you can almost be more passive in that, you know, the, the entertainment is kind of coming to you. Whereas I think with, with a book, you are in, engaging directly with the characters. And I, and I think it's a form of kind of exercising, if you will, that connection muscle of being able to have that energy, energy connect, just like if you were taking a walk and exercising, you know, you know physical muscles. So then in your professional opinion, do you think self-help books are actually helpful? And like, and why do you think people go to them to begin with? I think that, you know, when, when anyone is struggling with something, it's, it's kind of alluring to think that somebody has the answer. And um, I myself like to think that too. But, but in my work, I've found more often than not that there isn't some magic answer. And the self-help books, I, I think they're decent, but I I think sometimes they promise kind of like that answer. And not that they couldn't give you an idea or an inspiration or help you to start kind of thinking about things in a different way. But I don't know, first of all, if there's a one size fits all for everybody, just like I would say, same thing with a diet. I don't think there's one diet or, or way of eating that or way of exercising or way of anything that works for every person. So I I think the self-help is almost like it, it, it sort of speaks to that kind of illusion or hope maybe that we all have or fantasy that that there is some quick fix out there. And if I just do these three easy steps, you know, I, I will feel oh so much better. Um, 
I, I don't find that, not that there aren't helpful things in the self-help books, but I, I don't think they're kind of the be all and end all for everyone. I, I think in, in my work, I find kind of like, it's, it's a journey that I walk on with, you know, go on with people and there are lots of facets to it and, and ups and downs and ins and outs. And it, it's, it's just hard to, to do that, I think, in a self-help book without having kind of the interactive component of, of, you know, being able to talk to someone about it and, you know, go down the downs and, and come back up from them and figure out what didn't work that time and try a different thing. So I, I wouldn't say that they don't have a place. I, I read them myself, but I, I sometimes feel like I'm a little disappointed in, in just kind of how it, it's, it's almost like it's too simple, if that makes any sense. Whereas I think each of us are individuals and, and you know, we, we kind of need an individual approach to, to get us on the right path. So obviously Dr. Phil has a show, but he also writes books. So mm -hmm. how valid do you think Dr. Phil's writing is? And like, do you think he actually cares about the people? Well, <laughs> I, I, it's kind of hard for Phil because I, I, I don't feel like he's that genuine when I watch him. I, I sort of feel like, like, I feel like I'm being repetitive, but, but like to me, when I'm talking with someone and, you know, and one of my clients, I feel like that's a very personal, intimate experience. And I can't imagine that being on TV, you know, or, or recorded or, or kind of other people watching it. I, I don't know even if people could be that open if they knew that, you know, a million people were watching that, you know, sort of like, you know, when you see a moment like recently in sports, you know, in the Olympics with Simone Biles and she's clearly struggling with whatever's happening at that time. And, and all the cameras are right on her. And I, I just feel like, gosh, you know, can we just give her a moment to like be by herself? <laughs> and and I, I, like I said, I can't imagine going on Dr. Phil's show with, with a real problem and, and, and having everyone watch that. So I, I, I think it is, in my eyes, it's, it's not intimate enough. I, I think it is done for entertainment value or ratings or you know, trying to find something sensational that people are going to be interested in and, and watch. Probably the more sensational, the better. Um, so I, I don't think it's it's quite mirrors what I what I find in therapy, which, like I said, is a very authentic, genuine, intimate sharing, and people feeling you know being able to trust the experience and really open up and and talk about things and try sometimes try very risky things. Um, in no easy way to pivot this next topic. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I, I can pivot with the best of them. <laughs> we'll just dive to a new topic. <laughs> um, very good responses, though. Uh, do you think that reading young, um, reading adult fiction at a young age impacts readers? For example, reading things like heavy topics about death or sex, do you think that exposes young readers to the topics and prepares them for reality? Or do you think it desensitizes them to these topics? You know... <laughs> Maybe I have a bias this way, but I feel like people who read a lot are, are more mature than other people, like almost more ready for information and maybe more evolved. So I would say that if, if they were being drawn to a certain content area or open to experiencing it, that's probably a statement of sort of their emotional maturity or their, their, their evolution in, in their growth. So they probably are ready to be able to expose, to be exposed to those things. I, I feel like each of us inside kind of has 
almost like a barometer or gatekeeper that's going to draw us or, or shy us away from, you know, move us away from things that aren't our right level. So if, if the person was seeking it, I would say that they, she, she or he were probably ready for that topic and it wouldn't be a, an aversive experience. It, it might be something that was just so, sort of a way to ease into it, not, not a pretend way, because of course it's not pretend, but, but just to, to be able to start to think about some of these things without the, the influence of the real live you know, relationship where you could almost try it on for size almost imaginally, you know, like how, how it would feel to be in that without having the, the real life pressure of being in it. So I, I would say that it's probably a nice introduction to be able to start to try some of these topics on for size rather than, than it's going to, I don't know, does the desensitization part seem like it's going to make people have sex before they were ready or something like that? They wouldn't be wary of that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of parents are, they argue like, oh, I don't want my child to read about like adult relationships. Oh, I see. What parents are saying, parents might be wary of that. Um, Right. There are some people like, you're right. The parents are very concerned. Like my child isn't ready for this. That's too quick for her. Yeah, that that is a real concern of parents that, uh, that, that they could be being, you know, kids could be being exposed. I tend to lean more in the direction, but maybe I'm more liberal this way of, you know, if, if, if she was drawn to that book, her daughter was drawn to that book, I would probably try as a parent to talk to her about, you know, it or what did she learn from it? Or did she have any questions almost to open the dialogue rather than trying to make it kind of taboo or forbidden or mysterious or, or feel shame about it. I, I would rather have, even if these topics are not something you would have chosen, you know, introduced her to quite yet if she's already read the book or has the book in her possession could you start an open dialogue with it to start to lay the foundation for parents and kids talking about these things as they start to get older rather than trying to almost censor them or, or keep the kids from from experiencing that I, I I tend to lean towards closed always seems worse to me than open <laughs> if that makes sense so because of that, do you feel like books should have like content ratings to kind of warn parents and the kids going in or just leave it how it is and let people find their books that they want to read naturally? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's still it's 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 so funny because I, I would always say these are opportunities for relationships with parents and kids to be more open. I I, I know there's a lot of parental controls out there and censoring and and on, on lots of things, even even the point when they could read independently how old are they right like I mean I, I could sort of see both sides of that issue you know it, it leads towards my bias anyway of you know you can protect kids from lots of things or you can kind of help them to navigate things and I always try to lean towards the navigation more than the than the the keeping experiences from that's just my bias um, as communication majors we kind of learn about co-watching when you watch a tv show with a parent at mm-hmm. a young age yeah so that way would right you encourage like co-reading why not i think you could do that sure or at least having open discussions if you didn't if you didn't want to read it you know what what the book what you know what the book meant to the child or did the child have any questions or you know so at least there was a dialogue but yeah i think you could co-read for sure um so this next question is kind of complicated i'll try to word it to the best of my ability Murder mysteries specifically, do you think they 
can negatively affect people's brains because authors they sometimes they have to come up with like pretty graphic scenes and and some people could like interpret that in not in a not so great way so do you think they can like like what what do you think the impact is so when you say they interpret it in a not so great way what do you mean maybe like using it as a manual yeah using it as that they would they would follow that uh, that method to to do yeah. something to someone else yeah i mean I could it make someone problem. could it make someone do something like that is that the question like, do you think it could eventually like affect someone negatively to, to that extent, to that point? Well, there's always a continuum of, of, of things, you know, like like a, a range that 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 um, that like a disorder can be on, you know, from the <clears throat> the most benign way that it could be expressed, like 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 the disorder you're talking about. If, if someone was going to murder somebody, that continuum can range from like on the low end, somebody being very kind of shrewd and um, looking out for themselves and the way that they interact with people, that would be more like a more benign end or more minor end of that continuum, ranging all the way up to the most extreme, which is a sociopath. And a sociopath is someone who is going to be able to do something like murder somebody. So if, if you're in that, if you're on that higher end of the range of, of that continuum, and there are plenty of people on this continuum who would never, ever, ever murder anybody ever, but they could be very self-absorbed or kind of not so considerate towards others, um, but, but they would never murder somebody, if that makes sense. So, that, so the continuum ranges from that self-absorbed all the way up to somebody who would, who would literally not be able to consider someone enough to, to murder them. If that person were on the high end of that continuum, I don't know. I mean, they might have an they might get that as an idea, but I think they if they wanted to murder somebody, they're going to murder them. It doesn't mean that that the book makes them a murderer, if that makes sense. Not that the book is making somebody into a murderer, if that was the question. What would you say about the people that wrote the book? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I, I don't know who would write that. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, is that is that like a Dr. Phil type that's just trying to get ratings and, and the more sensational, the better? Maybe. I, I don't know who writes a book like that. I don't think necessarily murders are, murderers are, or sociopaths are writing that book where the authors are sociopaths. They might just have very, very imaginative minds or, or dramatic minds. And that's the way that it's expressed. You know, just like any art form could take could, could be more blatant and extreme, or it could be more subtle and, you know, complex, and you have to kind of, you know, intuit things. I, I feel like people who are writing graphic novels like that obviously have a more dramatic, you know, if, if you looked at somebody doing a painting, for example, some people are going to use very bold strokes and maybe make a very abstract painting, and someone else might use watercolors and do it more softer. Um, the, the people who are writing the murder mysteries are doing very bold strokes, right? They don't want you to, th there's no subtlety in that. It's, it's very, you know, like when you w drive by on the highway and you, you don't want to look at the traffic accident, but some people, a lot of people do, right? Right. So that, that does draw our attention, unfortunately. Um, not mine, but, but a lot of people's. <laughs> I, I don't look at the accident and, and I wouldn't be able to read those books, but, but, but I think it does sell books. So maybe maybe those people are just who are writing them just know what 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 the audience is going to buy, you know what's what's gonna what's gonna sense just like a newscaster is gonna sensationalize the news because you're, you're going to get more ratings, right? 
how, how many times do you hear the weather forecast, you know, blizzard coming, you know, <laughs> terrible <laughs> storm on the way. And then of course everybody tunes in, right? Because that, that catches your attention. So I think sometimes those, those are more sensationalized to grab attention. Um, okay. And then on a lighter note, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're moving from murder to, <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you think that readers can get too attached to fictional characters that they read about? Um, I love my fictional character. <laughs> I, I absolutely feel like, and you know, I, again, maybe it's my bias. I don't have any studies to, to back this up, but I do feel like kids who are a little more evolved or a little more mature um, tend to be readers. And I, I do feel like they can almost feel like those characters speak to them or, or are similar to them or kindred spirits. So sometimes in, in the people world, you don't always meet someone who's, who's kind of at the, at the right level for your age, you know? And, and so it's almost like you could have a feeling of I'm not alone or, or, you know, there is somebody out there that speaks my language. And so I wouldn't say too attached. I, I think that's, it's kind of lovely for, for kids to be able to have that feeling that, they're not they're not weird or different or that that there are other other people out there that feel that way or think that way because it can be really lonely growing up as we all know right if, if somebody isn't if, if you don't find enough of, of peer group like it's nice you guys all have each other that you all love reading and you've found that nice connection but if, if you don't find that it, it can feel very very isolated so I, I think sometimes reading can be almost like a feeling of validation or, or connection that you, you can't always get in the people world. So I wouldn't say too attached. I, I think the characters and the, and the writing and, and the reading, the authors are, I, I think it's a wonderful way to connect to people um, that you don't even know. And, and it kind of broadens your horizons. I, I guess I grew up reading when there was no social media, there was no way to connect except for the people you actually came in contact with. So I, I, was, an avid, I was an avid reader. I literally would, uh, we, we didn't even have a library where I, where I lived, there was a bookmobile um, <laughs> and it only came every other week to, to the school. So I would literally beg people over the summer to go to the bookmobile with me and nobody wanted to go. They all wanted to play or swim in the pool. And I, I would get as many, the max you could get was six books. I think I read every book in that bookmobile and, and, and I would read them within days of getting them. And then I'd have to wait two more weeks till I came back. Well, sure. As an only child, I know all about having too much time to yourself to yes. find yes. hobbies. Yes, but I, I really do feel like I was very, very attached to characters and, and, and books and really did feel like those were, those were, like I said, kindred spirits or friends to me. So I, I wouldn't say too attached. No, I, I think it, it's a very nice, healthy way to be able to feel like you're not alone. I, I've seen some people that like to live as the main character of their favorite novel. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that this could possibly um, negatively affect them because they no longer like have thoughts of their own? Like when they go to take an action, they'll think, how does this character act? And then they'll do it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, kids have fantasy play. So I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a negative effect. I, I think it's a way to try on different ways of being, you know, we all can get very easily pigeonholed by the world that, you know, you're the, 
you're the smart one, you're the funny one, you're the athletic one, you know, you can, you can get that kind of box that you're put in and, and maybe identifying with a character almost allows you to go outside of that box, if you will. You know, my son, when he was, when he was pretty young, he used to be fascinated with all sorts of characters that were, he was very mild mannered, good natured kid, but he would be like, you know, in, in the, uh, I can't remember the movie, it was something about the Pharaoh in Egypt and the story of, of Passover. And he, he loved being the Pharaoh, like he made a costume and he would go around and be the Pharaoh or he'd be the wicked witch in the, in the Wizard of Oz, like I, I think it gave him a feeling of being able to kind of speak up for himself or be powerful in a way that his personality, he didn't get to express those parts of himself. So I, I think it's a way to actually try on different parts of yourself and to maybe find more freedom in expressing those, you know, having a little bit more power and, and, and breaking that box that, that inevitably we're put in from literally the first second we're born, if you think about it. Like, you're born and what is the first question anybody asks anybody is it this bugs me is it a boy or a girl <laughs> right and then they slap a colored pink or blue hat on you and you're in your first box right so I, I think it's very easy for the world to to put people in boxes so I think trying on the character's identity is great why not why not explore those parts of yourself and see if they fit maybe maybe they're not taking on the character's identity as much as, as freeing parts of the child's self that wouldn't have been able to be expressed otherwise. Um, and then do you think the brain can determine the difference between real people and fictional characters? Or do we like develop these strong emotions that feel so real that you kind of feel like the, the fictional character is like a real person? Um, well, I mean, kids do have, I mean, there, there are definitely accounts of kids having, even without fictional characters, fantasy friends that they, they actually believe they have a little friend that isn't real. So um, I don't know if the brain can distinguish it. Are you talking like very young? I, I don't know of the answer to that, whether or not that like, would be a dangerous thing that they would think that the, the, the character was real. Yeah, like any age group, like even now, I guess if you get too into it, you might, like when a character dies, you cry because you feel like you had this strong connection to them. Completely, but what's wrong with that? In other words, yeah. I do feel like it's a relationship with 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 the, with the, with, the, with the characters. I mean, is that dangerous, or is that kind of the magic of you know of the relationship? I totally see that side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also with that sorta, um, do you feel like um, reading too many romance books when set people's expectations too high for real life, like getting into real mm -hmm. relationships? Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> that that is that is an age old thing that people say. You know, it's not like in the movies. Or, you know, that, that it, yeah, that uh, that 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 you could have a, an unrealistic expectation. I mean, even even if your expectations are set, you're saying that you wouldn't actually have a relationship with someone in real life because they would never measure up to to the way it is in, in the in the in the book with the with the romance novel is that what would be the danger you think yeah pretty much and like com always comparing someone to a character and you're like it's not like this person mm -hmm. um yeah I mean I, I guess that that could happen it's 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 hard to say I mean that I, I I think that when you're going to connect to someone in real life that's 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 sort of like a a brave thing to do so I could see how people would sort of be hesitant to do that and, and maybe find a way to sidestep that bravery. 
and 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 maybe stay in in the relationship with the with the fantasy person that that isn't as dangerous, isn't going to hurt them, isn't going to you know judge them or whatever. So it it's it's might be a way to kind of not not do a scary thing, but but of course then you don't get the cool reward of actually taking that risk and feeling the real life connection either. So I think there's oh there are always ways we can find to avoid doing something scary. I don't I don't think that the book would would say like let's say there were no amazing characters in books. Does that mean that everybody would go out in and have a real life relationship? I think if you're going to be nervous about it, you're probably going to find another reason not to do it. I don't know if the book would cause that any more than I would think writing graphically about the murder would cause someone to be a murderer. I think if you want to find a way to avoid a real life relationship, you will find a way to avoid that or to shy away from it or to be hesitant about it. I don't think the book itself makes you do that. Does that make sense as an answer? Oh, yes. That's <laughs> so true. I mean... You're gonna find something to get out of it, whether I think so, and and it and it it is a risk with real life people, you know, all the time. I, I feel like even when you're in relationships, it's a risk because that person can let you down, or that person can be distant, or that person can say something that hurts you. And the tendency, whenever we're hurt, is to kind of protect ourselves and close off, right? Like I'm not gonna let that happen again. Isn't there a saying like that? Hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. So I'm not gonna let that happen. It's, it's very tempting to close off when we're hurt. But I, I think the real amazing part of life is, you know, if, if you can go back in and say, well, that hurt me, but I'm gonna try again. Because if I, if I don't try again, you know what happened? You freeze it in your memory in the worst spot, right? Like that person hurt me. I'm not, I'm not gonna open up to her again. I'm not gonna let her into my life. And it never has a chance to change then. And then going off that, would you say that exposing kids to like romantic stories like that, especially like young readers or through TV and stuff? Not that, cause I know you said it's, they'll, they'll find a way out of it, but I think even as a child, like when you get exposed to that, do you really want to find a way out of it? Or is it because you've read all those stories that you're like, wow, nothing's ever going to measure up now? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I don't know. I mean, I really would have to think about that one because that would almost say that we couldn't, that that's doing a disservice to, to write something. Um, hmm if you were only living in your character, you know, with your characters as relationships, would you ever, you would never be lonely, you would never want a real life relationship? Is that what we're suggesting? That there wouldn't be any different feeling about having someone real life than not? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, see, I, I guess I, I feel like in the pandemic, it was, it was so wonderful for me to have real life contact with, with Jude and her mom. Like, every week because I didn't get to have real life contact with hardly anybody. And that, that was so lovely to me. Like I had zoom calls and I had phone calls and I had all my clients and, 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 but to actually be with the person, I, I feel like there is something that you can't replicate in that, 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 that real life does, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if there's any, anything like that in my eyes, I think it's just wonderful to have real life contact. 
I think it's it's the best. So I, I would think that someone would miss that if they didn't. I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then why would you kind of going off this, why would you <laughs> think that so many people are attracted to like the bad boy character or like the <laughs> <mentality>? <laughs> This mentality of like I can fix him. Like, why oh, do you yeah. think that's popular? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Can we all say that? <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think the bad boy is and and you know, I mean it's funny with a bad boy character because I I have a sort of pet peeve about this that you know we 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 are so quick just like to put a pink hat or a blue hat on, you know, a baby. I think we're so quick to label someone as a as a bad or a good character. I, I don't really think that that's actually true. Like I, I think most people, even characters, are both bad and good. Sort of like I don't know if you know what a yin and yang symbol is, but you know that black and white kind of cool circle thing that uh, you know Asian in the Asian culture. I, I don't you know if you look at that, it is is it black or is it white? or is it both? And, and I, I think that kind of with bad and good, like I, I think we put that label on, which is a nice tidy little label, but it doesn't really capture the complexity of, of anything. Like, like I started sometimes to be obnoxious if someone says, how was your vacation? I'll say, um, good and bad <laughs> or mixed, because that's actually really the truth. It, it, even if you had a great vacation, there there were moments that weren't perfect and wonderful, and there were moments that were perfect and wonderful. So, the the idea of saying bad or good, it almost it it almost doesn't capture the truth of of how life is. And so, even in a character, I I don't think in any character they're they're pure bad or pure good. I think I think they're both. I think they're a mixture. So maybe the the bad boy character, you know, quote unquote is the attraction is that there is some complexity there. You can see some depth there. You can see some good, if you will, in the bad boy, which is kind of cool that, 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 there's, that there are both dimensions to that character, which, which makes it so much more interesting to be able to relate to someone rather than a unidimensional kind of, you know, all bad or all good person. I, I don't know if there is such a thing in life as all good or all bad. So then why do you think people enjoy reading the enemies to lovers trope? <laughs> I, I think that also speaks to that complexity, right? That there, there are so many dimensions to a person and to a relationship that to, to, to sort of just put one label on it as, you know, enemy or lover. I think there's clearly a, a, a dynamic energy connect between those people whether they start out as enemies or they start out as lovers. And, and that's what we're really talking about there is that that dynamic like thing you can't even quantify that just draws you to certain people that you, you, you can't even explain it. You just know it when you feel it, right? Like, why do we gravitate? Why did you three gravitate towards each other? And you didn't gravitate towards three other people in your class because there was something between the three of you that, that kind of worked, that you felt and you just knew it. You just felt that energy. So I, I think the enemies to lovers is is speaking to that kind of hard to quantify but very real energy connect between people. That's that's you know, and in, in, in either an enemy or a lover is very, very intense. If you if you don't have that intense energy connect, 
you don't really usually care enough to have that person be an enemy. You're just sort of like, mm, meh, meh, you know, move on. I don't, I don't really think about them that much. But, but if you have a really intense reaction to them, there probably is a strong energy pull there that, that can turn in, you know, from, from kind of an enemy feeling to kind of like a, a love feeling. Um, so we've heard people say that readers are like not living life and instead they're just reading about other people's lives. So do you think someone can still gain experience or like learn from other people's experiences without actually going through them themselves? Oh, definitely. Like I said, I, I think reading is, is a huge way to connect and to have validation because you can't, if you're a unique kind of original person moving through this planet, you don't always find people who are, who are speaking your language. And, and, and that can be just really lonely and isolating. So I, I sort of think the opposite. I know you're saying that it looks like you're isolating because you're, you're spending time reading, but I see it as a way to, to not feel isolated because you're actually connecting to people who are speaking your language, who, who really do resonate with you. And I, I think that helps you. To, it, 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 it's hard not to feel like there are people similar to you in the world. And, and, and sometimes you don't always meet those people in the people realm, at least at, at first. And, and I feel like the character gives you a way to feel legitimate, if you will, in being yourself. And then maybe you can go out as yourself and attract more people who, if you're brave enough to be yourself out there in the world, you're going to attract people who are actually like you, most people who are original are kind of, I find, hiding themselves because they've been judged or not understood so much that they, they kind of learn to just keep that part of themselves or themselves under wraps, right? They, how many of us go out there and, and actually who are, you know, unique people and kind of go out there brave and bold like we, who we are? We, we kind of learn that the world doesn't get that. So just, just kind of keep a low profile with that, right? But the character can give you a validation that you can connect with somebody. See, there is somebody just like you who isn't you. And you can then maybe be brave enough to be a little more like you in the world. And then that's a bridge to attracting people to you who are like you, right? How else would, how else would somebody know if all the people are hiding? If everybody's hiding their true selves, how do you know who's actually a good energy match for you because you're not actually out there being yourself. So I'd say the character might be a bridge to being less isolated because it might give you the bravery to be able to do that, to be more yourself. That's like, that's such a fascinating answer. Um, I'm blown away. I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like speechless. <laughs> um. <laughs> So this is, so our last question, I cannot believe it's already our last question. Um, <laughs> you said we weren't even going to make it through all the questions. Look at that. <laughs> if you could have any fictional character as a patient, who would you most want to treat? Oh God. <laughs> Don't make me do that. I have plenty of people that I love. <laughs> um, just, I guess, off the top of my head without thinking it through, because I have so many lovely characters that I love. I, I really, really love Joe March, and I, I don't know if she's considered fictional or not, since it's a true story. But uh, in Little Women, because I, I just so many facets of her, like to, to to be able to have a life like she had, um, you know, and 
be able to bounce back. Like I, I just really would love to have her as a patient and to be able to talk to her like, how did she do that, right? Like, like how do you go through everything you've been through as her and still be able to, 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 to move on with life, you know, like moving through the guilt of, you know, letting her sister down and, and not being there for her to, to I, I think just doing such brave things, two things that I think she did that were really brave that I would love to just talk to her about. And how did she do these? Number one was she, um, I, I would love to be a writer one day and she actually took all of her writing that she had done and burned it. And I thought, wow, like, how do you do that? Like all these years of writing and you burn it. And, and I, I think I would love to see if she did it from, from the vantage point that I'm thinking of doing it, not burning it, but just getting rid of it. It's like, did she really trust herself to know that like, I'm going to be able to continue to write and I don't have to rely on those old writings, like that the writing will come to me. Did she actually have this level of self-trust? So I'd love to be able to work with her and, and find out about that. And the second thing is that that she didn't go for the the character um, that that was in love with her, right? Like that that she knew that they were really really good friends, the Lori character, and and that she was able to be brave enough and to say like we're not meant to be together romantically. And she didn't know if that meant she was going to be completely alone, right? But but she did that brave thing. So I, I would love to work with her and find out like how did how did she do that, right? Like she had to take this leap of faith in both of those arenas without really knowing how it was either one was going to be. And I, I just find that fascinating that you could have that kind of grit and resilience and 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 trust and be able to do brave things like that. So I, I would love to work with her because I, I think a lot of my work is is really about finding the strength in people and helping each individual to kind of navigate through life using his or her own strengths like her her, her own resources and, and all the magic that that she brings to the table so I, I would love to harvest hers and and you know see how how did she do all of that because I don't even know if she would need me as a therapist because she sort of inspires me <laughs> um so I cannot believe this brings us to the end of the interview thank you so so much for agreeing to do it and oh, I'm glad I could <laughs> And in my opinion, Jess, Megan, I know you guys have similar feelings that you, you answered everything amazingly. Honestly. Oh, thank you. You're sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It was great. It was great meeting you guys, even if just names on the screen. <laughs> I'm so excited that you get to do the broadcast together and I'm glad I could help. Thank you. Yeah, yes, it was really, you. really fun. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right, so that was Dr. Deborah Diamond. Once again, she is a licensed clinical psychologist. She's been in practice for almost 25 years. Um, she's my next door neighbor. And when we asked her to interview, she was very excited to do it. And I loved everything that she said. We discussed such interesting topics. I had a really great time. What did you guys think? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I had a really great time, too. She, she gave a lot of, like, in-depth answers, and they were also, like, very personal i was like oh right? this really relates to me <laughs> i'm like we're in our own therapy session right now yeah that's what it felt like it felt like group therapy books for yeah. breakfast therapy <laughs> should have brought up some things be like hey actually this is just about me my seasonal depression <laughs> how do you think about that <laughs> how do you think about that girl i can't <laughs> listen <laughs> tell me why i have strokes on the air all the time please <laughs> we should ask for tips for um 
how to deal with finals, how to cope. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> yeah. Because we knew it was like playing around this time. So, Ugh. guys, this is our advice for finals. I'm winging it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Just wing it. Just yeah. do it. the best you can. Yeah. One of my um, favorite things that she said, I'm glad that we both agreed on our opinion about Dr. Phil. I'm <laughs> oh, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah. Like, what did we agree on? <laughs> I'm, well, me personally, I'm not, a, I'm not his biggest fan just because, similar to what she said, I don't know how genuine he is. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he picks his um, people that he, that he gets on his show that are, I don't know, like, their issues are like, what? what? Like, I don't, I don't know. Dude's like making these motions to try to get the word out. I'm like, Someone I don't know. Um, all I have playing in my head right now is a girl who's cash me outside. How about that? Yes. That's all I think about. Uh, like the people that will get you to watch him more. Yeah. Like the, no, know. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Never watch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is his name? Like Jerry Springer. <gasps> oh my God. I had that on during winter break. Yes. We used to watch that weirdly in high school. Like, kids would put it on in the cafeteria, and then they would watch it during lunch, and then the lunch ladies would come over and be like, you can't watch this. It's so inappropriate. But I remember I was like, this is so fun and interesting. So it is like they're probably probably yeah. overly dramatic and not real. But I didn't even know that show was still going. But what was then- the other one? What? There was another one. It was Jerry Springer and Maury. No. Oh, yes. yes. I think. The Maury show, right? Googling it, someone else go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to change topic really quickly. I liked when Jess asked about enemies to lovers and, like, why <laughs> are we attracted to that trope or, like, the bad boy and I can fix him. And I loved her answer because I honestly never thought of it that way, that it's, like, because of the complexity of it and you're just, like, attracted to it because the tension is there, which, like, we obviously love it because the tension is there, but, like... I loved her answer to it. I know. I just, like, I can't process my own thoughts about it, you know? Because it's, like, when things are too easy, I feel like you don't want it. Right. But I don't know. What do I know about relationships, you know? (laughs) Well, you're in one. I'm in one, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm along for the ride. We're just figuring it out. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing. We're just like, hey, you're kind of cool. All right. I like you. (laughs) I got a text. Uh Uh-oh. It's Maury Povich. Is that the one? Okay. So there's one where it's, like, you are the father. Is that I think it's both. Both? Isn't Jerry Springer the same thing? Same vibes? That's what I thought. Because now I don't know which one I was watching. But speaking of me in a relationship, it, my boyfriend was watching it during winter break. He came over and he just had it on. He was just like in a trance staring at it. I'm like, what is happening? He was just like staring at the screen, like mouth open, like what is going on? I'm like, what is So easily what? entertained. Yeah, Put on Coco Melon for him. Coco Melon. That would work. <laughs> That's like, I've seen TikToks of people putting on like those baby stimulation videos of like little carrots dancing on the screen and like flowers everywhere. I'm like, I'm entertained by that. That's so cute. Anyway, let's They not- did. I saw, sorry. I saw no, a TikTok. Please. I blacked yeah. back in. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, just, just sitting in the corner. <laughs> I, um, I saw a TikTok of this girl that was like, oh, we just took our final. And then the teacher put on the dancing carrots for us and everybody was watching and i was like that's literally what i need yeah right? to decompress from finals week that's our tip for finals week coco melon and Co- 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 baby stimulation on. baby einstein shapes and colors yeah. the wiggles the wiggles might be too loud <gasps> the wiggles Ooh. yeah that's a little or, too stimulating. well you said einstein so little einsteins from um we're going on a trip yes. my favorite rocket Wait, show oh, the don't other bring one. me back that reminds me of middle school uh, uh, i love that uh, show wonder pets 
<gasps> you ever watch Wonder Pants? Yes. yes. No. Oh. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reaction. <laughs> Just so many What's noises. Wonder Pets? Wonder oh my Pets God. was um, a turtle, a chick, and I think a guinea pig. Guinea pig. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, keep talking. Hold I'm gonna look on. It up. She's going to look it up to, for her own memory. Um, I'm going to look up Wonder Pets and show the people because if you don't know what Wonder Pets is, I'm so sorry. I'm ashamed. Yeah. I'm ashamed for you. Because what, what was their song? Uh, um... I know it. Oh my god, yes, I yes. definitely knew See? it. But I was so freaked out by them okay. because they're like freaked real out. life. It's Linny yeah. the guinea pig. Lee the guinea Linny? pig? Linny? Linny. His name is Linny? I don't remember that part. Ming Ming the duckling. I remember that. <laughs> I love Ming And Ming. Turtle Tuck. Turtle Tuck. I hated the turtle. I hated him. Not gonna lie. You hated the turtle? Yeah. I Why? thought he was like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone, because what better way to start your day than with books and breakfast? Bye.